What is going on, Questioning Marks? We are the Questioning Marks podcast, one of the leading podcasts out there that are going to review all things WWE, New Japan, AEW, Impact, everything in the indies. I'm joined today with my co-host, Jared, as usual. What's going on, bro? What is up, Questioning Marks? Happy to be back for another week. Absolutely, man. Adam is going to be joining us a little bit. Uh, later on in the day to do our first ever series where we review things that involve wrestling but uh, don't necessarily involve the matches and the reviews of the shows and things like that. So it's going to be like more of an inside of the ring type of thing we're going to have going. Uh, Adam works very closely uh, with the Vala Project. It's uh, with uh, people who suffer from PTSD and things like that and just have great stories about uh, their bravery and heroics when it comes to serving this country. Uh, So we always thank them them for their service as, uh, you know, as I'm sure everybody does. Absolutely, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. So uh, Adam has a really cool uh, review that he's going to give us later revolving around, uh, you know, people that have PTSD and look at wrestling for an escape to help them cope with the things that they uh, have dealt with in their life. So, uh, it's going to be very interesting. I actually, uh, so. I actually can't wait. I actually can't wait to hear what he has to say, and you know, hopefully, teaches you know the both of us about stuff that we you know don't understand or don't know about you know these people who do suffer and you know things that we're pretty clueless about. So I am actually very excited, and I can't wait. Absolutely, man. Adam's very knowledgeable when it comes to the wrestling world and uh, very knowledgeable when it comes to uh, items like this. So looking forward to it. He sure is. uh, We got some feedback from some of our listeners out there in that uh, we needed a little more back and forth when it came to the WWE realm. So I have now also jumped just on the bandwagon of watching Raw SmackDown Weekly just because I do agree that our, our, our back and forth banter now on the subject will be a little more in depth here. So even though we all have our niches with, you know, new Japan and impact and AW and WWE uh, expect us to give a little bit more uh, insight as to what's going on in the wrestling world from each of us. So, and, and, I'm, being, and I'm more than, and I'm more than happy to, you know, jump in with you on new Japan and ring of honor, which, you know, I have, you know, I have stepped maybe a foot into the door, you know, with you getting me in there, but maybe yeah. this was a ploy. Maybe this was a ploy to get me, get you into WWE more. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was man. And, uh, you know, maybe it, is what it is, bro. I, I, I definitely enjoy uh, watching wrestling all the time. It's just, you know, sometimes between all the shows that we have to watch, it's just, uh, you know, sometimes it's just easier to either read a review or something like that. But and, and that's really what it comes down to when I'm not into the wrestling. You know, I love New Japan. I love Ring of Honor. I love that style of wrestling. So I, I always watch that stuff. But when it comes to AEW, I also watch it all the time. And then when it comes to the big spectacle, it's uh, you know sometimes I I I lose focus, but I'm 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 gonna get there, Jared. I'm gonna get there. Just just think of this, Matt. There'll, there'll be nobody more well versed than you after you get you know <laughs> knee deep into WWE. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, this week in Raw, man, take us away, dude. Uh, there's a yeah, lot of stuff I going mean, on so- in the WWE world. Obviously, as you and I spoke about, and I spoke to a couple people about, even though he's horrific in the ring, the return of Shane O'Mac. I mean, I'll tell you, Matt. Every time, every time that music hits, I get excited. The guy does have a wrestling history. 
And he, you know, he grew up in the business, obviously. And I tell you, I think him and Stephanie are great in their respective roles. And I think they're both great on the mic when they're actually involved in a storyline or whatever it may be. So I was actually so pumped for Shane to be back. And it is WrestleMania season. So I'm sure we could be seeing him in in some sort of uh, match where he's diving off of a hell in a cell from, you know, numerous feet in the air. But, uh... So getting started, uh, Shane uh, Pierce was in the ring as Shane came down, and Pier- Pierce and Shane both announced that McIntyre, who will defend his uh, title in the Elimination Chamber a week from uh, today, a week from Sunday. So, uh, you know, it caught me a little off surprise. I, I didn't actually realize that Elimination Chamber was so close and so fresh off, you know, the Royal Rumble. And to me um, – I don't like how it's so close, and I also don't like how AEW pay-per-views are so far apart. Um, So I guess there's got to be some sort of middle ground there. Um, But I think Elimination Chamber is a huge pay-per-view. I know it's not one of the big four, but to me, Elimination Chamber and Money in the Bank have become bigger than Survivor Series because Survivor Series has just been like a, you know, brand versus brand type of thing, whereas, you know, Money in the Bank and... Um, Elimination Chamber, they can really like uh, project the landscape, you know, for the rest of the year toward rest on the road to WrestleMania. So I, I'm not sure if I like the, um, you know, the close proximity to the Rumble, um, you know, for, for Elimination Chamber, but still excited. And the opponents for uh, McIntyre will be Orton which is a clear, obvious choice. He's been part of the main event picture for, um, you know, a long time now. Yeah, Jeff Hardy, who, listen, I, I was at a wrestling when Jeff Hardy was a, a world champion, whether it was here, whether it was an impact or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I always view Jeff Hardy as part of the Hardy Boys, and um, his singles his single shit just doesn't do it for me. So, yeah, he's kind of just like, you know, like he's a good U.S. title holder. He's a good, you know, maybe even IC title holder possibly. But, yeah, his 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 work is is in the tag realm. And, and unfortunately, uh, you know, if he were to tag with anybody else, it, it probably just wouldn't be the same pop or same feeling that we would get if uh, the Hardy Boys were walking out. But he's just somebody I think you could throw in there that you could kind of like trust in the ring to – you know, put on a do the right thing. Hit a, yeah, hit a, you know, hit so a couple swantons. Yeah, you know the fans will like you know like to see him in there, and 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 he has this following of, of fans who would possibly think he may win, but you know, uh, is what it is, man. It, right. uh, I think it's a you know they don't. I feel like they could have thrown somebody better into there, you know, obviously, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, me too. But uh, we know he's not going to win. Um, AJ Styles yeah, exactly. also in the match. Who I'll tell mm-hmm. you, he's. AJ's been pretty hot. I I, I kind of I love him and you know that giant almost together. I kind of yeah. always feel that Styles you know is better. Not that he needs because he doesn't need, but he's yeah. better when he has like a manager or a, um you know like, like a list. You know, like the Miz had the A listers. Like him and Miz always need somebody yeah. a posse or somebody on their side like a um, faction for sure mm-hmm. yeah they just roll they just roll good with with uh with people by their side in my opinion so yeah i uh i think it works with almost and i i know it's not going to happen but i would love to see styles as a champ again i i think styles yeah, is me great. Too. um i had an he's idea a guy who i could respect in re- like 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 his in-ring wrestling is, is very uh 
you know, top notch, man. So he's a guy that I could get behind anytime uh, holding any belt. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, I had an idea of who he was, you know, before WWE and even back yeah. to high school, I knew who he was, you know, just um, the X division by hearing stuff. his name. Yeah. Didn't really, you know, watch him wrestle per se, but I'll tell you since his WWE debut and he really, he's won me over and I'm a big fan. So I would love to see him be a champion again. And I know it won't be now, but he's great. Uh, the Miz and the Money in the Bank contract are in the match, which is an interesting dynamic. We know he won't win outright, and always with the Morrison factor. Um, again, I love Miz uh, from his days on the challenge to WWE. It's come full circle for me. You know, another mm-hmm. guy with a lot of history in the business. Um, it's just it's a shame what they've done with him, Morrison, and that in that briefcase. It's become a little bit of a mockery, and I hope that in this coming year we can you know, restore the greatness of the money in the bank. Yeah. I mean, I, I was very excited when he first got it. Cause I was like, this sets him up to be primed into some good storylines or, or primed into the main event card. And, uh, unfortunately, like you said, it's just taking a turn for the worse. And, uh, you know, we'll see if WWE can pull their heads out their asses in this one, but, uh, I you know, really you know don't what's have un- too much faith. You know, yeah. You know, what's unfortunate. So, I feel like the money in the bank is really good when there's a transition champion. And these two champions, Roman and uh, Drew, they're not transition champions. These guys are great, great champions. And you can tell how much WWE loves them. And we're going to get into this more later when I have to backtrack on something I said last week. But, um, yeah, it's hard for Miz because it's not believable that he's going to beat McIntyre or – Roman and uh, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's believable either, and and this is the problem sometimes when it comes to booking wrestlers in difficult situations that you know you just kind of just like fuck it, I'm throwing this guy in there, I'm throwing this guy in there, you know. It's just I feel like they just blindly pick pick like you know top tier ish dudes and you know try to make it believable. I, I you know I don't know. It's just uh you know like that's the problem I have with uh you know certain you know, wrestling gimmick and stories is just, uh, you know, when it's so predictable with, with you know, with what's going to happen. But and I feel like uh, I feel like all the promotions have issues like this where it just, uh, yeah, you can't just say, you can't just say WWE, AEW. I think they all have situations like this where, you know, is Rey Mysterio ever going to beat the big show in real life? You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. and I know it's not real life and I know we're marks and we fall for the storyline, but some people do go back and say, listen, Rey Mysterio couldn't, you know, is never going to win that type of match. That, that That's just, that's just all. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, k Fabe has had that, you know, k Fabe has been broken for so long in regards to, yeah. you know, getting behind Internet. the scenes and, and like, yeah, like everything like that. So at this point, like those situations need to change because like you, it, it is becoming more of like, uh, you know, you want it to be, kind of looked upon as not like an MMA ish type thing, because there's so much other shit out there that like we know is, is yeah, real. I, right? Uh, obviously you have UFC and, 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 and all these other types of things going uh, on Bellator and, and, and stuff. And then you have breaking kayfabe and wrestling. I think and then Sheamus is actually like, a good you know, addition to the match also with stuff like that. So this is addition because it's, it's, it's a difficult time for a seasoned wrestling fan, I guess, to uh, fully be immersed into some storylines that just aren't believable. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, hey, what's up? You I, I all that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's all right. So, uh, no, I was just saying that, you know, breaking the kayfabe and, and, and all this stuff makes things quite, uh, you know, unattainable in regards to believing, uh, you know, people like Rey Mysterio going against Big Show because you're surrounded yeah, by things like UFC I, and Bellator and, and, and right. all this stuff. Like, I feel, you know. And I also feel like, um, like I said before, with the internet, if the, you know, the kayfabe is really like, it's hard now. Yeah, it's, no, it is very hard. It is. But uh, also, and the final, the final entry is Sheamus. Mm-hmm. I, I, I listen. I know I'm going to get people are not going to agree here, but um, I think the Sheamus push now is pretty good. I, uh, I mean, it's interesting. He's got that Irish, you know, fighter look, and uh, he's he's <laughs> uh, you know you know the turn on McIntyre and the story with their friendship for over twenty years and. And things like that. I think it brings for a decent storyline. Um, I just don't know if it's if it if it's something that could culminate in a six man, uh, you know, elimination chamber match or however many guys there are. It probably won't. Well. And there'll be there'll be other pay per views before Mania, and I'm sure they'll fight one on one. But um, I just I think he's got the body style to be believable that he could beat somebody. You know what I mean? Oh, and definitely. He's, he's a, brute. Yeah. He's a former multiple-time world champion, so I don't know. It's just more believable than a guy like Mysterio or something like that, who I'm glad is not in the match. Um, yeah, for sure. So, so after those six guys are announced, you know, Styles comes down, interrupts, and you know he, he comes down and says Pierce sucks and he'll be a three-time champion and that there are phenomenal odds that Drew loses. Uh, I did just want to mention that this guy, this guy Adam Pierce. Uh, he just gets abused every week on every show, whether it's by AJ, Roman, whoever it is. It's just a pure abuse. And <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's actually kind of funny. Uh, he's got no power. Uh, the suits tell him what to do. And he's just like their little bitch, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, like Shane was in the ring. And I remember he was just like, you know, good idea. Good ideas. You know, things yeah, like this. He, and Pierce is looking well, like all weird and shit like that. I'm like, come on with this fucking segment. Well, because he, they wanted – to the McMahon's want Pierce the one to take the fall and get, take care. You know he's gonna have yeah. to deal with Roman. He's gonna have to deal with McIntyre. <laughs> so and then, uh, uh, and then just like you said, they're doing the thing where the guys walk out there, and when the guys walking back, so you have Shane walking out of the ring and AJ Styles walking out. I'm just like, and you know what's funny? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you if you were watching, but they used to have the WWE uh, Raw Underground for like I'd say like a month or so, maybe six weeks. And Shane was in charge of this WWE Underground, and oh, it was like the every, like it, it was like the UFC fighting type thing. It yeah. Like so so every time he walked into the Underground, it was like behind the door. And you know what's funny? The guy Amos, who uh, who Styles is with, he's the one who was like security for WWE Underground, and he would open the door for Shane and give him a fist pump. So I don't I don't know <laughs> if there's anything doing with history there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then after, after that whole segment, Seamus is yelling at Pierce backstage, you know, uh, he's pissed off that it's not one, you know, one versus one versus Drew. And he's asking if he Pierce that if he uh, doesn't think Seamus is a draw, uh, he calls Pierce an empty suit and says he's going to unleash hell in the chamber and it's going to be on Pierce. So just another, you know, just another, you know, moment where Pierce gets abused. (laughs) So... So then uh, Edge, he he's in the ring, and 
he says he's not choosing an opponent until after WrestleMania. I fucking hate these segments. I'm sorry. I just uh, yeah. I just have I to mean, say that. Like, like how many weeks are you going to come out and just speculate on who you're going to wrestle? Well, like, I, either fucking do something or get the fuck out gonna, of there. And I'm going to tell you who I have a feeling he's going to wrestle in about a minute. So no. he says he doesn't like Drew's chances. Uh, he knows the chamber well. Uh, then Miz interrupts, and he gives his whole spiel how he's cashing in on Edge after Edge wins one of the titles, and Edge interrupts mm-hmm. him and says he put the money in the bank on the map, knows how it works, and he's thinking at a different level than Miz because Miz just came out here, and Miz – he said Miz revealed his whole plan and that Edge is thinking on a different level. He's playing high-stakes poker, and he walks out of the ring. Um, mm-hmm. I- I'm going to say this about Edge. Yeah. I don't think Edge is choosing either SmackDown or Raw. How do you like that? After last week, I said that he's not choosing NXT. I think he is choosing NXT. Um, yeah. There are tons of rumors. Cool. There are tons of rumors out there that he wants to help. You know the the young talent down there and put Finn over. Um, even more. <laughs> or or no, who knows? Maybe even become NXT champion. Beth Phoenix works on the on uh, as a commentator for them. I don't know. I, you yeah, might that's a be, good speculation, man. I mean, yeah, I, I think I would be more excited for that too because uh, I'll be I don't honest. want to see Edge honestly taking realm of like you know like taking hold of uh, SmackDown right now. Or I totally like just I totally disagree, and that's why I'm glad we have this podcast yeah. because I could see an indie guy like you wanting that you know uh, Edge on NXT because that's the closest thing to an indie show WWE has. Yeah. So, um, whereas I see it as. SmackDown desperately needs him, and yeah. he's one of the believable guys who could beat Roman just based on his legacy and lore. And yeah, I, he, I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, it's, it's definitely believable. I, I, I like that. Um, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to it soon, but you know, when Seth Rollins, you know, came back, uh, you know, during during Raw, it was. Uh, yeah, but you know something. I don't know why they have to go with this Messiah thing, this leader thing. It's just it's still I, going. Yeah. I mean, the promo said that he was like, "I'm a changed man" and all this stuff like that. But he's still doing like I well, think he did this. I think it's he, a similar gimmick, right? He did this shit once before under this Messiah, where everybody left the ring except for Murphy, and then Murphy became his disciple. But uh, yeah, it's, that it was so so stupid, and it's hard to watch. And I, did you see the suit he was wearing? It looked like a Fred Flintstone suit. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck was going on, man. But I, I mean, I, I was hoping that he could be a guy that was believable to, uh, you know, do something with uh, like you, you know, heavy like, like like the brawn, the brawn fiend uh, angle was great because of the of the history they had together in the Wyatt family, and just like you said, Matt. The Rollins-Roman feud, it's believable. The history they have together yeah, is deep. so rich. And mm-hmm. I just think SmackDown needs so much because, you know, there's – There's just, only one there's, thing going for it. It's the it's the Roman storyline. And there's no one believable who can beat him. Yeah, they keep throwing Kevin Owens out there. It's like, what the and fuck? And Jey Uso. Yeah, right? It's nuts. Just let him turn already. <laughs> anyway, on to more, some more Raw stuff. I just wanted to touch on uh, – Damian Priest, all right? I love him. Let me tell you something. You were spot on with this guy. Yeah, uh, bro. I was punishing him Martinez back in, in uh, Ring of yeah. Honor, man. I fucking loved him. And, his uh, finisher I, I, I reckoning. Yep. Mm-hmm. His finisher reckoning is unbelievable. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. And I like that bell clap that he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he yeah when he has the guy uh, close in and, and he kind of smacks his arms against the yeah. guy's head. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. 
Let me tell you. So he beat he's very agile too. You know, he's a very agile guy. He 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 throws some really strong kicks. He's uh yeah, he's he's a believable dude too. And he's out of New York, New York, baby. Yeah, he's got the look, man. He's definitely got the look. And yeah, he he's I'm excited for him. I just need him to ditch uh, that moron bad bunny. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just like catching up on like what's going on and I still don't know what's going on with that situation. Yeah, listen, I'm glad, I, I'm glad yeah. that they elevated him from NXT to raw. That's, you know, that's pretty cool. So, you know, he was, he was sort of in like uh, a weird situation in NXT where he was stuck. So it was time for him to come up. Yeah. There was not much more for him to do, I guess. So uh, after that match, there was a McIntyre segment in the back and I'll tell you McIntyre, uh, his time away from WWE really made him a polished wrestler. He he took what he knew from WWE, went to the Indies, reinvented himself, got bigger, stronger, and I'll tell you, he's McIntyre is good. I really I didn't like him when he came in when he was paired with Ziggler at the beginning, but uh, yeah, I'll tell you, and it killed me. It killed me knowing that I thought he was going to become champ before uh, Braun, and it was so funny because they came, they both became champ in the same night. And being a yeah. big, being a big Braun fan that you know I am, it killed me mm-hmm. that this guy McIntyre was going to get over. But I'll tell you, I love McIntyre now. I really do. They really, they yeah. really did a good job with him. Yeah, yeah, he's got a good storyline, the good gimmick. Uh, he's, you know, it's you know, especially the come up story that you're talking about him coming to WWE, leaving, coming back, and you know, it's uh it's definitely has its roots and in, in involved in a very good come up story for a world champion. So hopefully, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to drop the title at elimination chamber. I think they should, you know, if it was up to me, I would have him keep going all the way till WrestleMania. So, but I will say this, there's a lot more believable guys in the raw chamber to beat McIntyre than there are in the SmackDown elimination to beat Roman. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely, I'm, I'm 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 way looking forward more to the Raw Chamber. So I mean, the Raw one is pretty is pretty good. Um, yeah, so Matt, he he basically his promos his promos are short and sweet and to the point and they're good. Uh, he said it's WrestleMania season. You have to expect the unexpected in reference to him being thrown in the chamber unexpectedly. Um, you know he said you know he just mentioned Sheamus. You know why ruin a twenty year friendship over a title when you could have just asked for a shot? Um, yeah. But he says he's focused on Orton, you know, in the main event, focused on Orton in the chamber, AJ, Hardy, Miz, the, the briefcase, focused on Edge. And he goes, when you think I'm backed in a corner, I'm coming out the champion. I just – I love McIntyre and think he's great. So Yeah, man. He's a powerful dude. He's believable. And uh, that's, you know, that's what we want to see when it comes to storylines, people that we right. believe who could, you know, hold, hold that belt and run with it. So for the first time uh, in our podcast, I'm going to let Matt actually touch on a match, you know, in WWE. So Matt, I'd love yeah. to take it away on Riddle and Keith Lee because I will I will tell all, all our fans this. Matt has been talking to me about these two guys <laughs> way, way before they were even on WWE's radar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And, so uh, Matt, take it away, baby. Yeah, dude. So I thought, uh, you know, I guess the biased opinion of me would say that this was the best match of the night, but I definitely thought it was the best match of the night uh, without that biased opinion in there. It was. Um, There's just uh, so much going on in regards to both of these guys' talent, right? Keith Lee is a very believable world champion off the bat because he's a fucking beast. And uh, I think Matt Riddle is just an amazing 
wrestler, man. He's 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 got the gimmick. Uh, I've seen him, you know, like I said, I've seen these two wrestle each other in Pro Wrestling Gorilla, which is an indie promotion out in Cali, in the West Coast, and uh, not live, but you know, on video. And I've and I've seen them just tour tour the indie circuit like insanely, man. And uh, now let me ask you a question, Matt. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question real quick, just so for people like me who. Only caught these guys at the rare end, at the at the very tail end of their indie career. Who would you say has a uh, a better career thus far in the indie scene? I would say, man, you know it's tough. Um, I, w- I want to say Riddle was a little more over in the indie scene than Keith Lee was, and I want to say that that's kind of turning in WWE right now, and that's due to. Uh, you know, just his his gimmick and size. You know, Riddle Riddle, I think is is could possibly one day be a great champion. I just don't know if he's a believable world champion yet. Where I think Keith Lee, if they strap the belt on him like anytime soon, it would it, it well, could Eric, be believable. It well, would be more believable than Riddle. He's gonna get strapped with the U.S. title soon, so I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to this match for sure. I'm hoping Riddle pulls it out in the in, in the triple th- in the triple threat at uh, Elimination Chamber, but. Um, when it came to this match, man, like I've I've seen feats of strength that uh, uh, Matt Riddle has, you know, shown in the ring. I've seen him deadlift Keith Lee off the ground into a German suplex before. Like I don't know where this guy gets his strength from, but he's he's a beast, man. It's kind of like Cesaro. Like the guy's just brute strength, but it doesn't really like show in a gigantic steroided out way, you know? Right, but, right. Um, it's funny you, know, you mentioned but the match is fantastic. Please. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. It's, it's funny you mentioned Cesaro because um, there's nobody hotter in WWE than Cesaro. And I know his contract's coming to an end, so I know one goes hand-in-hand with another. Oh, absolutely. That, but go uh, ahead, Matt. I mean, please, uh, yeah. please, finish, please finish that review of that uh, of that match. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I know there wasn't really much build-up to the match. Uh, I don't think there was any really storyline going on between them. They are, you know, you know like in – in my mind, because I followed them so closely in the independent scene that, you know, they didn't need to have a storyline for that match because I've seen them wrestle so much. But uh, I thought that um, it was a great match. Uh, the Probably great the best match of the night. Yeah, great back and forth with the Broton bombs. And, uh, you know, uh, right in the beginning of the match, I think, you know, Keith Lee's chops are just fucking brutal, man. So, like, yeah, you know, those will, any- yeah, those will take anybody down. But, um you know, uh, Lee did win the match, and it was by a pinfall. Uh, so it was uh, one of the matches of the night that didn't end in disqualification. I felt like there was a lot of those going on. Yeah, um, that's classic WWE. I will say this. The last couple minutes of the match were absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. The, you, you thought both guys could win, you know, in with each of them hitting finishers. And it, it was just a great back and forth to end the match. And – you just got to watch it. To, you know, you got to see it to, to believe it. Yeah. And then Lashley coming out at the end and, uh, you know, throwing the, you know, steel, you know, the steel uh, steps and hitting, uh, you know, Lee with them and, and uh, you know, them announcing the triple threat at uh, Elimination Chamber. I was like, no doubt, man. I got I got some good indie guys to watch on the uh, yeah, night of the I, I will Elimination say this. Chamber. One one of them is definitely winning the U.S. title, even though Lashley's been a good champion, and I say MVP definitely you know revived his career. Yeah, without a doubt, without a so, doubt, and I, I I didn't see that comment at all, but uh, 
MVP man. I, I I loved his runs in Ring of Honor, and it was awesome to see him be able to <laughs> t- come here I'll, now. I'll tell you, I think this is his most successful run in WWE as uh, you know, bringing the, the hurt business, you know, reviving these guys' career, Shelton Benjamin, Lashley, and uh, you know, bring and and helping Cedric Alexander rise the ranks. Yeah, I mean, you got to take a look at uh, his personal story too. If anybody has a chance, I think you could probably find it on YouTube or Vice or you know somewhere like that. MVP has a tough life, man. His his his, his come up story is is one that will shock you. So definitely go check it out. Yeah. So uh, after that match, we go right into an Orton pre match segment where he has unfinished business with McIntyre, his opponent. You know, in that, in the match. Uh, Drew took his title. He's going to get it back at the chamber and will do whatever it takes. For example, like set the fiend on fire or punt the legend. He will walk in and out of WrestleMania champion. So their match, Sheamus walks out in the middle and Orton goes for an RKO. He misses. McIntyre reverses it into a DDT. Uh, Sheamus jumps in the ring. He attempts to kick, bro kick McIntyre, hits Orton. Then claim then he then Sheamus gets hit with a claymore and Raw ends with McIntyre standing tall holding the belt in the air with Sheamus and Orton on the floor. So yeah. we uh we shall see. I will say this, Matt. The last the last uh, two weeks. DQ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I will say this. The last two weeks, and they're so good at this WWE. Every time I see Orton. I expect the lights to flicker. I expect to see the fiend or bliss. And the fact that it hasn't been in two weeks is just going to be so great for when they actually, either one of them does, you know, come back and interrupt him or toss him, whatever it may be. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I was hoping that uh, I was going to be able to see some fiend action, but it's all good, man. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know, you're going to get it eventually. Yeah. But uh, so just, uh, I guess we'll move on to SmackDown now where, um, not much is going on. Yeah, it's, I'll tell you, if it wasn't for Roman, it would be literally the worst show on TV. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I didn't think any matches were uh, you know, too too good listen, either. As, as far as matches, no. But remember, th- this is a spectacle, not you well, know. Well, I thought the Corbin, uh, Zane, and uh, Mysterio match was actually pretty good, but. Yeah, and I can't stand Mysterio and uh, Dominic, so like I just think it's it's, it's horrible already. So. Uh, SmackDown, <laughs> SmackDown starts with uh, Roman, Heyman, and Uso coming down to the ring, and here we have Pierce waiting in the ring again. You know, probably has shit stains on his underwear at this point because uh, how Roman abuses him and and whatnot. <laughs> so, and he looks terrified. He's standing in the far corner by the turnbuckle. So, you know, what the, you know what's great? Roman takes his sweet time walking down to the ring. Then he stands in front of the steps for a good couple minutes. Then he. It's like, and then he takes his time walking up the steps, getting in the ring. You know, it's it's on his time. So yeah, man. Listen, it's all it's all part of the act, and I love it. Heyman hands Roman the mic, and Roman tells Pierce, "Why are you standing back there?" Yeah, <laughs> so, love it. so he yeah he goes, "Don't be scared. You know, hurry up. We don't wait on you. You wait on me around here. Get that through your thick head." He goes, you don't have any authority. Yeah, you don't have any authority around here or over me. You don't call any shots. You don't do anything. He goes, you're he goes, you're here to wait on me. I don't wait on anyone, including Edge. (laughs) You know, said Edge is scared. You know, doesn't knows what Roman will do to him. Will put Edge on a Legends contract. 
And <laughs> Roman says he's never dropping the title until he's ready to. And then Pierce interrupts him and says he's defending the title in the chamber. Roman laughs at him. Then Heyman takes the mic. And Heyman says, in Roman's contract, it says that he has to, you know, perform at Elimination Chamber. But it doesn't say anywhere that he has to perform in the chamber. Oh, wow. So Heyman gets the match to be six SmackDown competitors. And Roman faces the winner on the spot. Oh, wow. All right. So now... Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. I was like, I don't understand that. I think I missed it for a second, but I was like, I didn't understand what was going on at that segment. <laughs> but they give yeah. the clarify. So, so now Roman obviously is definitely not dropping the title, and no. he's going to face the winner on the spot. So it's like a money in the bank situation almost. Yeah. So um, Pierce says there are two guys that don't need to qualify for the match. Jey Uso, who's standing behind him, and Kevin Owens. The other four guys were, you know, are in matches throughout the night, like Matt alluded to. Um, The other four competitors, I'll skip to the beat. Sami Zayn, King Corbin, Daniel Bryan, and Cesaro, who – Cesaro, I mean, he's been hot, but we know he's not going to win the the, the title from Roman. Uh, So so Roman gets face-to-face with Pierce after the match announcement. And they walk out of the ring. Um, yeah. And then he, they're face-to-face again outside the ring, him and Pierce. And Pierce is just standing there holding his ground. And Roman, you know, is is being begged by Heyman to just walk away, walk away. He finally walks away. Um, <laughs> so later, you know, then as we talk, I'll just touch on this quickly. Seth Rollins returns later on. Yeah. Um, we we talked about it. He was surrounded by those the SmackDown locker room. Says he's changed. He's a dad for the first time. He's the great leader SmackDown needs. And you know something? I actually fell for it when the burn it down music hit, and it wasn't that Messiah nonsense. But yeah, me too. Right. I was like, oh, the old theme's back. Nice. Yep. The old theme's back. The old Rollins is back. But the minute I saw that suit he was wearing, and the minute with the glove, I knew it was going to be the same nonsense as the last time when the lot when the locker room left. And Murphy was waiting at the ring, which I thought was going to be again, but it wasn't. And Cesaro was waiting there. Um, yeah, it's just. I mean, really I, I, yeah, yeah. It's not you know, it's you know, it's sad that he's doing that same gimmick again. But you know, it is what it is. Maybe, maybe he'll switch during the course of his storylines that he gets involved in. Um, you know, and 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 unfortunately, I felt like the best match of the night uh, was I think the, the the last one. What was it? The the uh, the dogs, yeah, the the dirty, 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 dogs. The dirty dogs, the tag team champions, Ziggler yeah. and Rude, um, versus uh, Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. Which Cesaro and Daniel Bryan wound up qualifying, even though Cesaro yeah. got jumped by you know Rollins after his uh, comeback there. So. Yep. Uh, the way SmackDown ended was crazy uh, with Kevin Owens stunning <laughs> everybody and Jey Uso out there. Um, yeah, it was like kind of chaotic. <laughs> yeah, KO sitting on a chair saying he's not going anywhere. He's coming for the title. He's coming for Roman and he's not going away. So I don't know. Yeah. Even the Roman story, even the Roman storyline is getting a little stale, honestly. Um, yeah, I are going to have to try to do something. I'll be honest. Here's how I would book it. I would book Jey Uso winning this uh, chamber match. What do you yeah, that would be pretty cool, and just just pit them against each other. And then you, you have you have uh, 
you have his his brother come back, and yeah. who knows? It's a whole team. But to me, how can we go down this Kevin Owens storyline again? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, please no. Uh, I, I mean, I love him as a wrestler, but I just can't take the storyline anymore. Yeah, it's just horrible. I'm not, and I'm not even really involved in it, <laughs> like, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, following. Did, now, uh, he, he had his run. It's over for him now, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, so. Yeah, well, that was a, you know, Raw and SmackDown. We have, we have a great Elimination Chamber pay-per-view coming up next Sunday. And uh, hopefully, um, you know, the next uh, uh, Raw and and SmackDown will be some good take well, take home shows. Yeah, well, usually the take home shows are a little better, but I, I do expect I always expect more from Raw than I do from SmackDown. It's a three hour show, even though SmackDown's on Fox. I truly yeah. believe Raw's the way better show in the flagship show. And just for you WWE marks out there, NXT Vengeance tonight. Um, check it out. Yeah, I think I'm going to try to watch it. I don't know if. Uh, I'll, I'll just preface this. I got my second dose of the COVID vaccine yesterday and uh, shit hit me like a ton of bricks out of nowhere this morning when we were about to start recording. And now, now I'm like just fucking tired of shit, but it's, uh, I guess that means it's working. So <laughs> I, I guess so. We'll see what happens, but uh, I'm going to try to stay up for it. So uh, let's, let's jump right into AEW after that very awesome I, WWE. I certainly can't wait. Yeah. Um, I want to, all right. So we started off, right. I think the first match on, uh, AW dynamite was Darby Allen versus Joey Janela for the TNT title. I think we all Matt, know. I have to, yep. I have to, I have to interrupt you because I've been waiting. I've been waiting since Wednesday at eight o'clock to, for this episode of the podcast to talk about Joey Janela. Okay. Listen, yeah. listen, he's, he's okay. And he, He's a good indie guy, I guess. But why am I watching this? Why? Why? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there are so many guys who. First off, this title's rarely ever defended. Okay, that's the first thing. The title's rarely ever defended. There are so many guys like Ricky Starks, Brian Cage. I, I'm mm-hmm. not even gonna start naming guys. Okay, that don't even it's fight. Jungle Boy, anybody? They don't even mm-hmm. Jungle Boy. These guys don't even fight. Yeah, but man, I, I don't, I don't know where the story. Comes. Yeah, I mean, they kind of just threw him in there. I, I want to say his contract is up soon. I'm, I don't know if they're going to resign him either. Um, I, I, I am a Joey Janela fan because I, you know, once again, I'm an indie scene guy, and I've seen him in a ton of matches where he puts his, uh, you know, body on the line in that hardcore Mick Foley esque type of way that I always grew up to love. But uh, I also know that he has visual, uh, uh, vocally spoken about how he doesn't even like really like to take bumps in practice or anything like that. He doesn't uh, wrestle in the ring much. He just gets his chops back as he wrestles. And, uh, you know, it, it shows sometimes in his matches. I thought this match was decently good. I, I was expecting it to be a little bit sure. worse, but sure. um, there were some suicidas. Yeah. If you want to talk just technically, sure, it, it, it was okay. But like I said, this guy I've seen wrestle on the Atlantic City boardwalk. He has no business yeah. being in the AEW TNT title match. It's just – it's horrible. And you know yeah, something I, 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 It's yeah. not even believable that he could beat Joey Janela. 
Yeah, I know. It's uh, you know, he's he, he's another guy. I think I said it in the in the past podcast where I don't believe that he's going to uh, last too long if he keeps taking the bumps and and the moves that he does in terms of you know they zip him up in a in a body bag one day and then drag him down a parking lot. Then the next day he's doing a tope suicida full blast into the guardrail where I'm sure it hurt. You know, uh, it's just um, he's a He's an entertaining wrestler to watch in that sense, but uh, I don't think he's, he's, his body is going to take too much more if he if he keeps it up. He's going to have to switch to a different style soon, I think. But nonetheless, Darby uh, won the match. Uh, it was not, you know, the greatest ever, but it was what it was. Um, I think, it was uh, yeah, I think I think what what uh, the segment that it went to next was the Moxley um, uh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah! It was the Moxley so promo. I just wanted, um, I just wanted to touch Boston on anywhere, I just wanted to touch on this real quick. Um, a couple things here. So, I thought his promo was great, and it actually shows. And I know we talk about this on a weekly basis, but it actually shows his WWE polish. It was a pure oh, sure. WWE. It was a pure WWE promo. It, it shows that he's one of the best, and where he learned how to cut this promo, and where he just. It's a pure WWE polish. It's a showroom car. Um, yeah, and WWE's the best. So yeah, <laughs> I also wa- I also wanted to ask you a question about the U.S. title that he held it up a couple times, but it's like he yeah. took it off the he kept taking it off the screen and yeah, that's the IWGP baby. And even when he uh, even when he walked down to the ring, it, he didn't make it very visible. And I was wondering if you could like comment on that. Uh, I mean, it could be, um, you know, Tony Khan, you know, whispering in the ear of the cameraman and saying, you know, we don't want to give them too much, you know, publicity. I know before that they had this working relationship, there was a little back and forth banter between them as as Tony Khan wasn't showing up in person to meet with the high executives in New Japan and they were sending other people and, and just uh, it could be little subtle digs here and there. But um, you know, uh, it's 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 something that uh, we could always speculate on. It could just be AEW has shitty camera work, and we've talked about that plenty of times. That well. they do. Um, yeah, so. And I will just comment. <laughs> I loved I loved that Moxley called the Bullet Club a, a stupid Facebook group. I, that, that one got to yeah. me. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's well, uh, getting a little ridiculous now. But we'll, all, you know. all in all, all in all, he cuts great promos, and we know where yeah. he's where he's cut from. Yep, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, talking about guys who are cutting great promos, you had MJF and the uh, Sammy Guevara segment next where they were trying to hash out what they had to hash out uh, before MJF's uh, tag match with uh, Jericho. And obviously it turned into some drama where Sammy Guevara then punched MJF in the stomach, uh, thus breaking his ribs, right, uh, before the match. So obviously there's some... Real drama going on in the inner circle right now. So um, I'm I'm actually kind of excited for the storyline. I think I Sammy love Guevara. It. I love it. Yeah, I really think Sammy Guevara um, is a great singles wrestler. I think he's going to be. He needs obviously to be polished more as well in terms of different promos and things like that. But I love the way he wrestles. I, I think uh, even though he's made some mistakes in the past in regards to you know throwing chairs at Matt Hardy's face and and. Uh, you know, he took He's a vicious golf cart one day uh, during during that uh, pay per view. Uh, like you last said, year. but like you said, Matt, he has he has some learning to do. Yeah, he needs to be polished, and yeah. he, but he definitely has the potential. And I certainly see where you're talking about. And I'll tell you, this storyline reminds me of like an old school WWE storyline, and I'm I'm yeah. all for it. 
and like it's very DX entertaining. Beef, NWO yes. some type of beef. And you, and you kind of want to tune in every week just to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, even if they're not wrestling, just to see what promos they're cutting, to see what's going on in the uh, storyline. So, um, you know, unfortunately, after a good good segment like that, they brought us into uh, Cody Rhodes wrestling with uh, this. I Eddie can't Johnson. wait for this. And, uh, you know, Peter Avalon versus uh, – well, it's Peter Avalon and uh, Banani. Pretty Peter Avalon. And pretty Peter Avalon, the the, the, the bootleg Valvinus, the former librarian. <laughs> the bootleg Valvinus is right. You know, it's just uh, – this match was just, I guess, you know uh, – well, well, Matt, a, uh, but let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question here. I, I, I got to stop you because – as I'm watching this, this is another thing I said, I can't wait for Sunday. I can't wait for Sunday because what am I watching, Matt? What the fuck am I watching here, okay? It's just – we spoke about this before. There are so many guys who we never, ever see on Dynamite who should be on there. I'm not going to go into a list of names. It's just that I'm watching guys I never heard of and I know that yeah, – I know I mean, uh, And what is Cody like- doing? What is Cody doing? I don't know, man. I feel like he's 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 so into himself now in regards to just uh, you know his his big TV show that he's on and uh, and and he's trying to put guys over. I guess I guess that's what he's trying to do. Oh, I guess guys, he's all to, right. Don't want you put up put better guys over. This is horrible. Yeah, Lee, horrible. Uh, Lee Johnson, Owen twenty nine. Come on. Yeah, I mean, you know what this match was. This was just so he could get his first pinfall. They could celebrate. But who cares? Um, who cares? It was I think a fast he was thanking everybody too. Yeah, it definitely was. And I think when he was thanking everybody at the end, he left QT Marshall out of it. And you could just see how upset QT Marshall and, 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 and Sourpuss he looked. I may be wrong that he left him out, but I, was I totally agree. To, I was listening to who he was uh, thanking, and he totally left QT Marshall out. And it was just like, oh, this is great. <laughs> you know, like that, I mean, like that was the best part for me. <laughs> it was just a waste of time. For, yeah. for, you know, it's a, it's a company that has one show, and you're putting guys who should be on dark with Cody who could be in a good storyline somewhere because he's one of your big main event guys. I just, this is horrible. And this is why I have a problem with AEW because any good that they do is just taken back with the horrible that they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. They take two steps forward and, and three steps back usually. So I mean, what uh, is this? Like, we don't see, we barely see FTR wrestle. And when they did wrestle, uh, Dax and Jungle uh, Jungle Boy had a great, great match that everyone was Amazing. talking about. Amazing match. And you don't see him. I mean, we're, we're just starting to see the Murder Hawk again. Um, yeah. It's just, like I said, Starks, the FTW crew. I don't see any of these guys. You have to watch Dark, and I know Starks is going to win. It's just, yeah, exactly. what are they doing? What are they doing uh, with this? I don't know. It's Tony Khan is is got has to have his hands in uh, these decisions, and, and he's and just you know what's funny? They got they got the balls to make fun of Vince. Let me tell you something. There's <laughs> no one more out of touch than than Tony Khan. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, especially the promos he does on Impact with uh, Tony Schiavone, they're absolutely How atrocious. They make me cringe. How bad is that? They make me fucking cringe. But you know, and I'll tell you, Tony Khan's lucky I even mentioned his name in the same sentence as the great Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, you know, bad publicity is, is a good publicity, they say. So, uh, you know, to me is, and, and listen, it's, it's hard to say when I'm not in this situation, but if you were Tony Khan, wouldn't you listen to guys like Jericho, Matt Hardy, um, Moxley, yeah. you know, these guys who have been 
in other promotions. Yeah. I've been around the world who have been in WWE. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I would listen to guys who have been on the grandest stage of them all, who have been world champions in other companies, especially WWE. I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah, um, it just it definitely does. But you know, there's 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 definitely egos back there right now. So I can so, only imagine how 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 messy their backstage is. So. I don't I don't want to harp on the negative too long because I do have some more negative stuff later on. But uh, yeah. I want I want to you know let's continue on about talking about some stuff that I. Uh, that I did like. I think next up was the Young Bucks Good Brother segment. Yeah, I think the promo that they were cutting. Yeah, so uh, yeah. listen, I thought the Good Bros were actually dumb in WWE toward the end. And let me tell you something. They reinvented themselves in Impact, and I kind of like them. I, I wish Gallows was a little less goofy and immature because he has the look of shit. like – yeah, like he has that look of just being like a, you know, like a really scary fucking dude because he just has that look. But I hate like the, you know, the immature jerking off stuff. I mean, like, listen, it's funny if like your gimmick calls for it, like in the DX type of stuff. But, um, you know, you already got Bullet Club, two sweet thing going. You're, you're jerking off in the ring. You're this gigantic <laughs> dude that should be fucking powerhousing through dudes in the ring. But you can't well, you know more. Funny? It's, like it's almost it's, – it's funny you say that because it's almost like uh, – Machine Gun Carl Anderson is like the better like wrestler of the two, and it's yeah, it's, he is. Yeah, like, not even a better wrestler, but he's like he's like the one who gets the business done. Like he does nothing gallows. Like and so, Tamatanga pretty much says it like that too. He you know he he, he references to Carl Anderson as the OG. So yeah, I, I definitely see that. Um, I did want to ask you a question, Matt. I don't know if you caught at the end of that uh, segment there, but yeah. um, the too sweet. And then they made a black and red Wolfpack reference, and I don't yeah. know if he caught that. It was sort of like an NWO. And I, then, I heard them talk something about the. So he said. The, so Anderson wolf. went for the two sweet, and then he goes Wolfpack, black and red baby, and and then, <laughs> yeah. goes, and then um, Nick Jackson wouldn't give him a two sweet, and then he screamed. Uh, Anderson screams, "Hey Stinger, I, uh, I know you're black and red." Uh, like it was. Yeah. It was just. Like a clear NWO reference, and I guess that solidifies what we were talking about. I guess in the first couple, uh, one of the, either the first or second um, episode of our podcast, that I guess it is sort of a ripoff of the NWO Wolfpack. Oh, it is, man. I mean, it's it's a ripoff of the Click. You know, to, you know, like to begin with, you know, right, the Click was the, yeah, you know, the two sweet stuff was you know like started all, and then it, then it segued out into WCW. I feel like it's just a, like 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 at this point, it's a universal symbol. I don't know why guys can't figure out their own shit, but I don't know. But uh, you know, it, it, it's it's if uh, if you watch the history of the Bullet Club on on YouTube, where there's a few documentaries about it, you'll see that. I did watch that. It's great. Yeah, you know, so like you you know you get to believe at least a little bit of the Bullet Club's you know startup in regards to Carl Anderson and Gallows doing the two sweet for uh, you know what was the beginning of that you know uh, faction, even though it was taken from you know another one. It was just. Uh, you know, I guess it's adopted, and and uh, you know they never did a cease and desist to uh, New Japan. So shame but on that. I know. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I think next was uh, I have here the Hangman Page segment, right? Yeah. So with um, with a Hardy. Yeah. So when so when he he takes him out for a night out, and then they. they <laughs> 
They walk past the Dark Order, and Silver says, catch on the flip side. Listen, I love Silver. Another guy who should be wrestling over Janela. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, over Avalon and Lee Johnson. I mean, to me, Silver would be a great TNT champion. You know, and they could even run uh, – Run like you know, in honor of Brody. You know, the, the, you know, the, this is for him or whatever. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, don't know. I just, oh, oh, we're just going to keep going down the, you know, the same path with the Dark Order. Like they're a joke and they're trying to recruit Hangman or whatever. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I love the faction at this point because I Me I too. did not like it in the beginning. I thought it was very childishy, and I thought that it was supposed to be this like, you know, real deal. Uh, you know, faction, but uh, you know, the being the elite YouTube series has has brought them more into the limelight of the wrestling world and AEW and what they do in AEW. I guess you know, you know, has to tie in. So in regards to what they do in BTE, but uh, you know, the segment here with uh, Matt Hardy and Hangman just being wasted at the bar and pretty much Matt Hardy doing his money Matt Hardy thing and just getting him to sign a contract. Uh, I, I I thought it was absolutely hilarious when he brought the camera over closely and he and was then, like uh he was like the reason why you're here is because i needed you to get this on camera so it's official or something you know like yeah when he wakes uh, up he's gonna be mad yeah so i guess that's another reason to tune into next week right we're gonna have to see well, a fallout of what this is gonna be well did you see that hangman took out a contract of his own out of his own jacket oh wow so, yeah also he may have signed a different one yeah mm. so hardy signed the one that came out of hangman's jacket Oh, cool, man. So I, you know what? I kind of missed that. I must have, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm fully paying attention sometimes yeah. on this stuff. So thank you for that input. Yeah. So that turns so, out. To yeah. So when, when he, when he pulled the camera over, uh, he got rid of Hardy's contract and pulled the contract out of his jacket and Hardy signed Hangman's contract. So <laughs> I didn't even see that. I was paying so close attention to what Hardy was saying. <laughs> and then. And then Hangman uh, said after Hardy left, uh, yeah, give me another one, like, you know, another drink. So yeah, I yeah. thought that was friggin' awesome. Yeah. It was uh, – uh, it's going to be a good storyline for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to see where that takes us, you know, in regards to Hangman's storyline. And I'll tell you, so sure. right after that, they, they went right into that Jericho pre-match promo where uh, – Hager's behind them, Wardlow's behind them, and MJF isn't there. And Santana yeah. Ortiz come on. We you know we found MJF in the uh, trainers room, and then they find out what Guevara did. You know via uh, MJF's account. So yeah. Jericho seems shocked, and they went out to the ring versus the acclaimed. And let me tell you something yep. about this acc- the acclaimed. This guy Max Caster, he's got it. He yeah, has got, got it. it right. Right. And you know what's funny. The minute – yes, he's 100% right. The minute I, <laughs> the minute he started with his rapping and he's got the gift of gab on the mic and yeah. it sort of reminds me of an HBK – and I'm not gonna, I'm not saying here that Max Caster is going to be HBK. But it no, reminds no, me of an no, HBK, but, uh, yeah. HBK Genetti situation where the other guy, Bowens, is, a, is the Genetti and this guy, Max Caster, is the real deal. So eventually I have a feeling – uh, he'll be set out. He'll be freed on his own when they become yeah, yeah. more known. Because I hope so, I'm man. His, uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's got the gift of gab, like you said, man. His mic skills are WWE esque, in my opinion. But anyway, yeah, um, man. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, my, yeah. It's, a, I, it's a mighty high compliment from Jared. So yeah, I was. I'm overly impressed by his mic skills, uh, and he's got the physique too. Adam would be happy to hear this. <laughs> Adam will be marking out when he uh, when he takes a listen. So. Exactly. 
basically, uh, you know, obviously Jericho and MJF get the victory and MJF plays, you know, the the, the broken ribs part, you know, the whole match. So yeah. I love him, by the way. I thought, I thought it was a great angle. <laughs> I'll tell you, he's great, MJF. And I'll tell you, yes. the guy's got WWE written all over him. Oh, yeah. It's just a matter of time before they can offer him a contract and he's going to say yes. Yeah, no, I definitely. I, I love that. him. I love him. Oh, and I just want to say, mention one thing before we continue on with what happened post match with Guevara. Um, another guy who should be fighting weekly over guys like Peter Avalon and Janella and Lee Johnson is Wardlow. Oh yeah. Okay. He beat so Hager that one, yeah, he beat Hager that one week, and nothing happened. How many guys have we named now that you know? This is for all the good they do, the bad outweighs it. Yeah. Um. So post-match, Guevara comes out and he quits the inner circle because he said if there was one more incident with MJF, he was done. So he leaves the ring and Marvez catches catches up with him outside and he says he needs time away or whatever. So in my opinion, it's just a matter of time. Either he costs – MJF and Jericho somehow, or he costs Santana and Ortiz next week, uh, and or both. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you there, man. It's it's uh, leading up to hopefully a, what 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 will be a great match between uh, MJF and then, and, and um, Guevara. Yeah, and Guevara, man. And I kind of, uh, I kind of like the way uh, this is going with MJF and Jericho and the rest of the inner circle just falling in line. So I'm I'm actually excited to see what's going to happen with with that whole uh, with that whole storyline. Yeah. Definitely, man. It's definitely got something good going there. And then uh, I believe we have uh, – I mean, I'm going to skip – I mean, I don't even want to talk about but we can. No, but, uh, no we're, we're, we're talking about uh, – are you talking Sting. about Sting now? Yeah. Oh, we're not skipping over that. We are not skipping Boo. over that. Yeah, exactly. Boo. Boo. Okay. So if I ever hear anyone trashing, including my fellow Marks and co-hosts Adam and Matt – ever trash a WWE Legends storyline or segment, I am I am referring to this episode and last week's episode. This is it every every week with Shivani. It's Sting! I yeah. mean, how freaking bad is this shit? Yeah, it's absolutely oh, horrible, man. man. It's just... Yeah, I mean, uh, they, I, I'm really wondering how much he got paid to uh, do this stint because he comes out... He talks for two seconds. Shivani looks at his shirt like he's like surprised that there's fake snow falling again from the fucking ceiling. And by the way, Tony Shivani, could you dress more like not like a fucking poor Kmart dad when you're fucking right, like, a, like a fucking not, slob? Um, yeah, he's a fucking slob, man. But every week, it's uh, he doesn't say anything, and then Taz has to interrupt and save the promo, whether it's from him, him and Darby. Yeah, it's just like it's it's it's. Why? It's worse than any WWE. Le- it's even worse than Goldberg at this point. Yeah, it's getting uh, pretty annoying, man. And just uh, I can't wait for this to culminate already at the fucking street Holy, fight. And- I got news for you. There's more after this where he's involved against Darby somehow. Uh, wait, yeah, they have a face paint match. <laughs> the winner the winner takes the other's face paint and adopts it into their style. While the other it's, one has to go home you know, without it's, paint it's- in their face. It's beyond brutal, my friend, and I, I just I know from going to G One Supercard, and I know from you, and just talking to other people, how much the indie people hate WWE and all the shit they do. But man, 
Yeah, I mean, listen, this isn't really indie anymore, man. This is, you know, like AEW's uh, TNT, bro. But let me tell you something, Matt. They they don't want to consider themselves on the same level as WWE when they when they when they really could be, and it's yeah. just they do a lot of the same shit. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, and unfortunately, they can't be judged in the same light as WWE because they're not WWE and they don't have the rich history and the success that they have. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, man. So uh, as far as this Sting shit goes, I'm just yeah, done with it. He can't even cut yeah. a promo. He can't wrestle anymore. It's just over. Yeah, man, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, you know, it brought us into um, another segment with uh, Kenny Omega doing a little golfs thing. Uh, you know, him hitting the ball far away, Don Callis and the and his caddy going to chase it. And while he's doing the interview, they put it in the hole. Uh, I'm not too sure what angle they're going on here with all this stuff, but uh, you know, hopefully uh, they 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 start cutting away from this Kenny Omega angle because uh, I mean it was a funny gimmick with the putting the ball in the hole and stuff, but it was just uh, you know, little little something to spice this up for later on in the. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you, Marvez, Marvez takes a lot of abuse, no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm 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 not. Oh, you, you want to laugh? Um, I don't know if you even know this, but. I found this out a couple weeks ago. So, obviously, uh, me and Matt are huge uh, Jet fans and Jet season ticket holders and run an awesome tailgate for for anyone who ever is interested. But, so, obviously, our team is involved in Deshaun Watson rumors. And I saw, like, a rumor a few weeks ago from Alex Marvez, who I was so dumbfounded that, can you believe this guy has an NFL Hall of Fame vote? Wow. Yeah, I had no clue. He is like he's a big time writer for the NFL. And I'm going, this freaking guy sits here wow. and gets abused on a weekly basis. And now he's like Getting I didn't believe vote. the rumor. You know what's funny? Cause our pal Brandon from the tailgate, he uh he sent me the, the, the Sean Watson rumor at the time from Marvez. I go, Alex Marvez? How can this even be like like what the hell is he? And then I did the I did some research and he actually has an NFL Hall of Fame vote, and he's legit. Wow, man, that's uh, pretty interesting, I got to say. It's just funny to see a guy who – listen, I know it's kayfabe and where Mark's falling for all this shit, but yeah. um, I don't know. A guy who's so well, successful in one yeah. realm getting abused in another. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, pretty hilarious, man. I, I got to say thank you for sharing that. I'm going to try to look at some of his articles later. <laughs> I had a feeling you didn't know that, but because I no, was, I, I was I shocked, man. I was no. freaking shocked. I don't think Adam would have known that. No, I, I'm curious to know. I think he would have definitely mentioned it because he's, you know, the type of guy who loves, you know, to come out with stats like that. But, um, yeah. and then uh, I think uh, we could get right to, um, you know, they had the women's eliminated tournament. We all knew Thunder Rosa was going to come out that one. We don't need to really yeah. harp on that. But another uh, fast match though. Yeah, I mean, it was a decent match. I got to say, the uh, the Russian girl that they throw in there, I think her name is uh, Layla. When it, yeah, no. but when is my when is my girl Zelina Vega going to make her AEW appearance now that her uh, her non compete clause is done? Uh, she is maybe March seventh. She, she to me will be the number one in the women's division by far. Yeah, we're calling it here first. So Jared's <laughs> calling it, baby. I've been calling um, it for a few yeah, we had a decent promo from Jungle Boy after that regarding uh, his him him talking about his match with Dax and 
pretty much uh, saying that, you know, he's ready to take on pretty much anybody who's ready to, you know, go at it. So, um, you know, I think Jungle Boy is going to be one of the greater wrestlers in this promotion, whether he stays or leaves. Uh, wherever he goes, I think he'll he'll do just fine. Yeah, I uh, he's definitely grown on me, man. He uh, definitely showed me a lot that he can do in the ring. And I'm actually I, I like the gimmick and I like the Jurassic Express. Yeah, man. Uh, I think Luchasaurus, he has that Damian Priest body type in regards to uh, if he just lost the gimmick. I think that's he would a good do, comparison. Uh, yeah, I think I think they would do uh, great things with him if he lost the Jurassic uh, gimmick. But uh, we'll see what happens, man. You know, AEW is just still in its birthright of uh, you know storylines, gimmicks, and stuff. So even though we've uh, been here for a few years now, uh, and then this 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 brought us to what I was you know clamoring for because of the New Japan market, me seeing uh, you know finally the first you know the first cross promotion match between uh, New Japan and AEW. Um, I thought the match itself. Uh, was a very very good match. Um, so do I. Yeah. So do I. It was pure mayhem. Uh, yeah. It was everything I expected. Uh, you know, to to sit and talk about all the spots in this match, it would take us a it's long impossible. time. Yeah. Um, there, there was one spot where Kenta jumped off of uh, like the stage kind of area and yep. knee dropped into the table, but his knee just went right into I think Moxley's face <laughs> instead. Right. That, that must and, have uh, killed. Oh my god, yeah, it, it looked brutal, but um, it, it it was a great match, man. Something the Murder Hawk, uh, absolutely a great match for him to be in. Moxley for sure. Kenta showed a side that uh, you know, we don't see too often, but uh, you know, he showed that side. And Kenny Omega, I've seen him in plenty of matches do some brutal stuff, so I was expecting uh, great things from this match, and I could only hope that this New Japan, uh, uh you know partnership brings more of this style of wrestling uh, to the states and, and in AEW. Um, so I actually have a question as far as, uh, Kenta and New Japan goes, and I think, uh, some of my WWE marks are going to have the same question, and that is, what is this briefcase, and what kind of, uh, ripoff of Money in the Bank is this? Yeah, I think it's just, like, the contracts signing that he holds the number one contendership, and he just uses it as, like, a, uh, weapon and things like that. Nothing. It's like nothing too serious. He's just the number so one he, contender. So he didn't. He um, didn't win this briefcase. Yeah, like, he didn't win this briefcase. Yeah, in a like match. he won it. Yeah, like he won it by becoming the number one uh, contender in like a number one contenders. Like uh, oh, so there was no briefcase hanging over the ring like a ladder match. I, I honestly, I don't remember too much. Uh, you know, I because I, I, it's been so long already in regards to the storyline of of Moxley holding this uh, IWGP belt for for what seems to be like over a year now. Uh, without even defending it, so um, yeah, he 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 won it as becoming the IWGP champ, uh, you know, number one contender. I don't remember specifically if it was hanging from a a uh, rafter or not or anything like that. But uh, in regards to their storyline, it runs pretty deep in in in, in uh, New Japan. In regards to uh, you know Kenta constantly calling him out by not defending the title, you know, obviously due to COVID stuff like that, but. Uh, it will be culminated at some point at a you know in a New Japan pay per view. So hopefully all you marks out there are definitely uh, getting interested in this because also we have a what a New Japan uh, partnership now with Impact, right? In regards to yeah, so last night uh, Juice Robinson and Finley David Finley uh, had a I guess a promo package shown at no surrender so yep. 
I guess that kind of paves the way for them being in this little trio as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I read up uh, that it stated um, that actually Impact had a had, had something in the works before AEW was even trying to uh, you know uh, be involved in having a cross promotional relationship. Uh, so that is pretty um, you know interesting, and and this all happens after uh, one of the executives, Harold uh, Mage of uh, New Japan, he was uh one of the guys blockading a lot of these cross promotional uh you know deals from happening thinking that uh you know they didn't need impact and they didn't need aw but now uh now we have all three promotions working cross promotionally it's almost like there's one big promotion <laughs> uh going on uh it means more wrestling must be watched and it also means that i really hope the gorillas of destiny tamatanga and tangaloa make their way over to Impact or make their way over to AEW and settle this Bullet Club beef once and for all. I think that will be a, an amazing, uh, you know, story angle. Now, let me ask you a question. Where does Ring of Honor fit in with with this? Um, I don't necessarily know. I don't know if they still have a working relationship with New Japan. They have had one for years. So I can't imagine them not having one. But because of this cross-promotional relationship stuff, and I haven't seen any guys in New Japan – uh, wrestling in Ring of Honor really lately, so um, it's going to be quite interesting to see uh, what is going to happen. I did see. Well, actually, you know what? I kind of lie. Um, I did see one Ring of Honor guy wrestle in New Japan's uh, uh, American show. So there's probably still some type of cross promotional thing going on here, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out because they're obviously going to have to either choose to leave ring of honor or ring of honor is going to have to figure out some way to wiggle their way into this uh, deal here. Cause now they're kind of the odd man out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so funny how things change so fast. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm definitely glad that the AW new Japan door has been kicked open. I'm, I guess I'm happy it kicked open an impact too, because impact desperately probably needed, uh, you know, some sort of interpromotional, uh, you know, relationship because you saw as soon as AEW uh, made their deal with them, it, it it boosted viewership. People are now interested in watching Impact again. It, it definitely uh, made the show better too. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening right now in regards to this all this course promotional stuff. I mean, Ring of Honor is doing their thing. They they resigned a few of their top tier wrestlers already. Um, so uh, they don't seem to be hurting, but I could see that if this cross promotional stuff really takes off and they're not involved in it, uh, I could see it definitely hurting their situation for sure. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I think with that being said, guys, we have, uh, you know, New Japan had some had some decent uh, pay-per-view recently with uh, New Beginning. I'm not going to get on it too much, but uh, no title changes really happened. Ibushi still holding the IC and, and IWGP heavyweight belt. Um, it was also a two-nighter uh, pay-per-view. Uh, there are some really good matches if you want to check out Hiromo Tanahashi's uh, – Hiromu Takahashi's IWGP Junior Heavyweight matches. Matches are always brutal and amazing to watch. Uh, I do have to say that uh, there was one tag match with the Gorillas of Destiny defending their titles that it was like a 30-minute match. It was way too long. Um, so that's one thing that you get with New Japan. Sometimes they just, you know, some matches need that type of length and some of them don't. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes with WWE, it happens as well. Sometimes matches are just too fast and, and they, and they uh, 
blow their gaskets in regards to not developing a good enough storyline in the ring. So these things tend to happen. But, um, you know, New Japan is on the Roku channel now. If you guys have a Roku out there, um, I believe the channel is free. You can check it out. I believe uh, on Thursday nights around like 5 o'clock, New Japan Strong. Uh, you know, so there's going to be a lot of stuff developing. You you know, you might as well get involved in watching New Japan as well if they're going to be cross-promoting with the promotions you watch in the States. So at least at least reading up on it, you know, so that you could be involved in some cool storylines. Absolutely, Matt. Thank you. Uh, thank you for keeping us filled in there as uh, New Japan trends over toward the United States and more. Yes, absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, just uh, want to say I think uh, – um, later, remember, we're posting a either later or tomorrow. Adam is going to be going to be doing his review series with wrestling and uh, talking about his Valor project and how uh, people with PSD cope with watching wrestling and or wrestling. So it's going to be pretty interesting. We're going to start a series on that. It's not going to be an actual episode, but we're going to start a review series. And, you know, anything we watch and, and, and I think is interesting to talk about out there, we will throw it out there for you guys to also check out. Um, remember, you can hit us up on the Twitter at the question in 11, the Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-I-N-11. Hit us up on there. Let us know uh, what you think about the current wrestling scene. Hit us up with some questions that you may have or some topics that you want to hear discussed on our podcast. You could also hit us up at the questioning marks at gmail.com. So you could hit us up on there as well and, and uh, whatever form of communication you prefer out there. Right. So with that being said, we got Mr. Jared. What is up, baby? We are going to be signing off for the time being. Check us out soon. Every Sunday we're posting up and we're going to be posting up. That's what we do, baby. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, guys. We are out.